morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Icy Old People podcast. Wherever you are in the world, you have a place here where you are safe. You can talk about your issues. We can talk about the aging process and the aging journey. I am Dr. Bruce, your host, and we are broadcasting from Storage Closet Studios in beautiful Norfolk County, Ontario. Today is January 14th, 2020. We're into our second podcast of the new decade. Uh, 2020 has started out with a bang, that's for sure. There was a lot of trouble in Iran between the United States and Iran. There are protests right now in Iran, but things seem to have uh, stabilized. At least there's World War III, which was so widely predicted, uh, didn't seem to start, or at least not yet. The power's back on again down in Puerto Rico. I was talking about the power being out on the entire island. And uh, today is actually quite a nice day here in Norfolk County. We did not get the storms that were expected. Those big storms that ripped through Texas and Louisiana and came up through Atlanta and came up into the Great Lakes region. By the time they got to us, there really wasn't much to them at all. So the weekend was pretty good. Again, very, very mild. Uh, It's just unbelievable that this is uh, January 14th and it is so mild out. There's no snow on the ground. We had one snowfall so far, so far this year, and it was in November. So uh, we, we are really due for some snow. <clears throat> There's an entire industry up here that relies on snow. People cross-country ski, they ice skate outside, they uh, ice fish out on the, heart, on the lakes when they're frozen. Ice fishing is very, very popular. Snowshoeing, uh, sledding, it used to be called tobog- or, um, yeah, sledding. Snowmobiling. It used to be called snowmobiling, and now it's called sledding. Uh, at one time, you could sled around here, but really to get a good trail, you have to go up north nowadays, uh, so further north than we are. We, we think of ourselves as southern Canada. In fact, we're the very farthest southern tip of Canada. If you go a little bit further south than us and go into the Windsor area, then you are actually at the same latitude as nor- northern California. So we're a part of Canada that really dips down kind of into the United States. Take a look at a map. It'll explain things to you. Norfolk County is just across the lake from Erie, Pennsylvania. So we're on the North, north Shore and Erie, Pennsylvania is on the South Shore. Well, I was talking to you last week about my nocturia, about having to get up and pee five times one night uh, about a week and a half ago. And I started to restrict the amount of water that I drink at night. And that was all I had to do. It took a couple of days for things to normalize. I stopped drinking glasses of water. I certainly could have a sip of water if my mouth was dry. But I stopped drinking glasses of water after 7 o'clock at night. So uh, I was drinking three or four big glasses of water every evening. And then I was getting up to P4, and the worst was five times one night. So uh, I've been getting up, which is considered much more normal now, one time a night. Uh, At my age of over 60 now, you could actually have two times a night and still be considered normal. But I'm just so happy that I'm not getting up five times a night like I was. So thank goodness. A little bit of change within your... um, Uh, your habit your daily habit and uh, things can result I'm sleeping better I'm feeling better I have more energy during the day I'm not thrilled about the number of listeners I have out there Uh, my last podcast which I thought was really quite good about nocturia concerns 
um, didn't have a lot of downloads. So it, it's actually freeing in a way. And I think then, well, you know, who is my audience then? Like, if I don't really have an audience out there, who is my audience? And it made me think about it because this is what I really want is I want organic growth. I want people to listen to it and then tell their friends and I want them to come back next week and listen to it again. And that kind of organic growth, I still am very optimistic that I'm going to get that. And then the other person that's going to listen to this is me 20 years from now, 25 years from now. I can sit back, I can listen to this personal journal, what life was like each week uh, when I was in my early 60s. It might be a real hoot for me to be listening to this when I'm 85 or 90 years old. And then, of course, there's the robot overlords who will listen to it uh, through artificial intelligence. And that way, at least I've got my voice out there in the whole milieu of data that will become the future. And I am joking about the robot overlords. Uh, I, I do like science fiction movies. It sometimes will uh, creep out. Have you heard the term YOLD yet? Y-O-L-D. YOLD. I read an article today that said that uh, this was the decade of the YOLD. And the YOLD are young olds. Remember we talked about young olds, old olds, and the very old. So uh, the oldest old. So we are the young old. I am part of the, a great, great group. Of, we are now being referred to as Yolds, and this is the decade of the Yold. And I believe it. I really think it is the decade of the Yold. So if you haven't heard that term yet, you, hear, you heard it here first. Anyway, I've got a really important show for you today. I'm not going to ramble on like I sometimes do. I'm going to get right to it. It is a very important show. It's my first time at investigative journalism. I had brought in an older gentleman from the silent generation named Vic. My main intention was to interview him, was to talk to him about his time in the war, uh, his immigration to Canada from Britain, and the fact that I had learned that he had recently given up his license, and I wanted to know why. Now, it was when he told me why he gave up his license that I became so interested in this topic. I started to read about it. I'm not breaking this story by any means. There have been investigative reporters that have been reporting on this, but it just doesn't seem to matter. There is a scam going on right now that is hurting thousands of seniors. And Vic is a really good example of, of a senior that was uh, not given any informed consent on what would happen to him. He had no issues with driving whatsoever. He had no problem with driving. He'd never had an accident. He was comfortable as a driver. And yet, because of this scam, and I can only call it a scam, because of this scam, right now Vic does not drive. So I've got Vic's interview coming up right now, but I want to just give you a little review so you can listen for this when you are... Uh, listening to Vic's interview and then after that I had because I got so involved in the topic I went and I asked Anne to come in Vic's wife and Anne gave me a little further explanation of the process and how unfair it was to them and how it was really geared to Vic not driving anymore it was as if that was the outcome that was wanted and everything was designed to make that happen let me give you an idea of how this works here okay so first of all you're going to be subjected to a very cursory memory test at the doctor's office and this will be with or without any kind of disclosure 
So maybe you're just over 65 or you're just going in for a checkup or maybe you are experiencing some forgetfulness or some difficulty concentrating. Okay, maybe it's a result of some medication side effects or maybe you're just stressed out. But the thing is, is then you are asking for assistance from your doctor. You're looking for some type of assistance from your doctor. So, meanwhile, he may or may not be checking off a list of symptoms of dementia as he's looking at you. And then he may suggest a memory test without disclosing to you that it may force you into a special driving test. And let me tell you right now that this special driving test, the drivable test, is designed for you to fail. Only 15% of seniors who take this test pass. So it is actually, once you ask about memory, once you are given that test, you are on a pathway to having your license removed. Even though you had no issue whatsoever with your driving when you walked into that office. Meanwhile, keep in mind that there is very little, if any, investigation into why you might be a little forgetful or a little stressed. The entire focus now becomes about your this test and your ability to drive. So independent researchers have heavily criticized this test. Okay, uh, It is a memory test. If you fall into this gray area or if you fail the test, you will be streamed into a driver test called drivable. And that costs you, the senior, $650 to try to pass that test again in the drivable setup. The drivable stations are set up all throughout the province. You have to have an occupational therapist in the car with you. You have to do the test in a foreign car, somebody else's car. You have to go to another city to take the test because we live in a small rural community here. This test is actually designed to fail. One of the first investigative uh, researchers that went into this story asked the Ministry of Transportation, the minister of the, of the ministry, the Minister of Transportation, that he pointed out that this test was flawed. Critics did not like the test. It was designed to fail. And the answer from the minister was, we need some way to take these people off the road. And this is the way we have. It is the best we have right now. People need to learn about this testing. The Ontario Ministry of Transportation really slid this one under the table. It violates the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, the Human Rights Act, and the Criminal Code on Elder Abuse. All of this is being ignored to take one of the safest groups of drivers off the road. Seniors, already self-limit how much they drive. They already don't go on the highways. They already don't drive at night. They are one of the safest groups of drivers. That is why their insurance is so low, and yet they are being targeted directly by the government to take their licenses away. There are going to be a lot of seniors in this situation. The baby boomers have just started to turn 75. By the time they turn 85 years from now, or 85, 10 years from now, this program will be ramped up big time and people will be losing their license at the slightest suggestion of a memory issue. So the first thing that we're going to do is bring out Vic. So Vic came in and spoke to me the other day and he's a wonderful gentleman. He's going to explain his story and, and from there I'm going to speak for a minute before we bring out Anne.
and then we'll wrap it up. But this is a really, really important topic. I hope you listen to Vic's story. I hope you listen to Anne's story. So first of all, we're going to go ahead and start with Vic. All right, so I'm really happy to welcome uh, Vic here to the studio. Uh, Vic, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. All right. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about uh, today, Vic, was uh, driving and and uh, the fact that uh, you recently uh, lost your license. Um, so I want to get to that, but first I want a little bit of background information. Is that okay? Go for it. Yeah. All right. Uh, <coughs> first of all, what, what year were you born? 1938. 1938. So I'm going to take out my chart of, of generations. So 1938 puts you in the silent generation. That's what they're calling you. Have oh. you ever heard that term before? No, not, not that way. No. Yeah. They call it the silent generation because you were just a little too young for war, to go to war. Yeah. And then uh, you guys kind of just took a lot, I guess. <laughs> the generation before you from 1900 to 24 was called the greatest generation. And then, of course, I'm a baby boomer. I was born in 59. And then it goes up to Gen X, Millennials, and, oh, and Gen Z. <coughs> so it's kind of interesting. So yeah. the, the, you're the silent generation. Let me ask you then, where were you born? I'm born in London. In London, England? During the war. Yeah, the war was going on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, was that common to, for, for people to have children at the time, or did people delay having I children? I don't. Well, I think in my own life, uh, my mum was 40-something when she had me. And my father was proud, but I think she wasn't very happy about it. <laughs> Nevertheless, there's seven of us, and I'm number seven. Oh, you're the youngest. Yeah. Oh, that's very, very interesting. So a lot of your brothers and sisters then were from the generation before. They oh, would yes. Have, they would have fought in the war. Yes. Then. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Did you serve at all in the military? Yes, I was in the Royal Navy from age 15. 15 until when? I uh, came out in 65, I think. Oh, okay. Right. And then I came here. And then you came to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you come to when you first came to Canada? Uh, here, straight into right. Hamilton. Straight actually. to Hamilton area. Yeah. Okay. So now you're down in Norfolk County, yeah. the most beautiful area on earth. So they tell me. <laughs> so everyone tells me. Every guest I've had on the show likes yeah. to tell me that. And I'm really excited about being down here in Norfolk County. Yeah, actually, it is lovely. Yeah. So when did you learn how to drive? Oh, 15-year-old, just prior to going into the Navy. Okay. Dad taught me. I uh, got my license. Never had a car, but I had a license. Okay. And then once I got into the Navy, I was a boy seaman. Then I went to sea, found out I got seasick. So then I joined submarines. Oh. And I had a wonderful life. So Ten years. You're not as seasick when you're in a submarine? <laughs> well, you're all in one area, and I think that's a lot to do with it. Okay. All right. You know, if you're going with air and... And bouncing up and down and up and down, you tend to get a bit whoopy. <laughs> but uh, in, when you're down, you it's calm. It's calm. Yeah. So would those have been diesel? They were diesel electric. Diesel electric. Yeah. Wow, that must have been pretty exciting. What did you do on the on oh, the sonar? I used to listen to pings, you know, as they did in those days. Okay. And did you ever get a good find, a good catch when you heard oh, a well, ping? The funniest one of the lot. I'm I'm pretty good at picking up service cars, mm -hmm. you know, the, the surface vehicles, because that's just diesel engines churning along. But when you get underneath, you have to really listen carefully. And twice I told the skipper, there's a whale. And he said, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure it's a whale, sir. And he says, well, okay, just a moment. Then he says, it's talking to me. 
Wales don't talk like, <laughs> and this is that you know, like you're a more friendly bunch of people, you know. Yeah. He says, "There's no way." He says, "It it's talking to me." It was an American sub. We were doing exercises with the Americans. Oh, and it was another American sub. And, and their noise is entirely different to ours. <laughs> so, uh, so when you were in the Royal Navy, that was the uh, Royal Navy. Yeah. In, in, from England. Yeah. Uh, were you in any conflicts at all, or was it peacetime oh, at that yeah, time? Oh, yeah, stuff we shouldn't even talk about now. Okay. But Russia got a, got a good view. We got some beautiful pictures of Russia oh. that they don't know we've got. <laughs> um, that's about it. Yeah, because um, it was the Cold War, really. It wasn't. There it was, was no really real conflict then. No, yeah. but uh, you didn't like each other very much. No, no. no. <laughs> they had a big um, cruiser come into Portsmouth Harbour whilst I was there, and uh, they wanted somebody to go. He used to do diving, so they wanted us to go down and see what was underneath it. You see, mm -hmm. but. They wanted us not to do it, not us. The Amer the uh, Aussies, the USRs, they they would go down and dive themselves. So we had to be careful how we did it. Okay. And one of us got caught. Nobody said anything, but he lost his breather, oh <laughs> and, and he had to surface and get out of the way. So there was a lot of stuff going uh, under the surface under the su <laughs> during the Cold War. Yeah, we did that sort yeah, of stuff. It's very yeah. interesting. So when you came to Canada, did you have to get an, a Canadian license after, like a driver's license? Eventually, yes. Eventually, I just came and showed them that. Okay. And took a t I think I Yes, I took a license. So tell me the process then of what happened in the last little while. That uh, did you did you notice some issues with driving? No, no. you were driving fine. I'm a good driver. Yes, you I weren't in a car accident or no. anything like that. Never have so, been. So walk me through of why why you uh, why they took away your license. The doctors give you a test, um, and it's a silly test, but I kept thinking it's just to show that I I am losing my memory. You know. Okay. So I left it at that. And this was a piece of paper, and it's got several things on it, and they'll, they'll mention four words. I want you to repeat the four words. And then I'll ask you again later. By that time, I've forgotten what it is, because I've talked about something else, you yeah. see. So this went on for a while, and then they had one um, alphabetic, A1, right. B2. I'm familiar with that one. Well, yes. okay. Yeah. And I thought, well, there must be more to it than this. It's not just lines, 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 lines. And yet it was. Yeah. Yeah, you just connect A to 1. Yeah. And then 1 to B, and then B to 2. You don't have to put a line. Yeah. As long as you point, like, 1 is A, and yeah. 2 is B, and so on, then it's okay. But I thought, there must be more to it than that. Yeah. So I'm, what the hell is it you want me to do? And they wouldn't tell me. Oh. So, so then you, so you failed that test. I failed that test, and okay. that's the one that stopped me getting my license. And that was the definitive test. That, so, well, so the, they put me in front of a Chinese person on a television. She's talking to me from here, and it's going a noise going on. But that didn't bother me too much. But the point was, at the end of it, she said, "And now I have to report you to the license people to stop you from driving." So it was her recommendation then to the Ministry of uh, yeah. Transportation, Transportation that you shouldn't have a license anymore. And, and that was, do you have an appeal? Is there an appeal process? I've not been told yet that I mustn't do it. Only what she's said. So, okay, so she said that the, she's going to report you to the it. Ministry mm. and you're not going to be able to drive, yeah. but you've heard nothing of that since? No. 
a real gap in the in the process there. Well, there is too, because when I do get questioned, and I'm sure I'm going to get questioned, I'm going to say, well, what about my pilot's license? What am I going to do with that? Not that I have one, yeah. but I want to throw it at them and see. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you were given a lot of information on the process. I wasn't told. You're kind of ambushed in a way, like yeah. you're doing a test and then all and, of a sudden you're not driving anymore. That's one of the doctors in here started it. He, he suggested that you go and get the test? Well, he gave me the test several times, and he said, I think I'll send you over to this particular woman. Okay. What do they call them? Whatever it is to do with nuts. Um, a psychologist? No, it's no. worse than that. Psychiatrist? No, no. no. Well, I don't. Oh. It begins with N, I think. Something to do with your brain. And your oh, brain. like a neurologist. That's neurologist, the okay. Well, she's a Japanese lady or a Chinese lady, and, and she had another lady talking to me and asking me the stupidest of questions. Okay. You know, how many times do you go to the bed, and, and, and how much does this? And, all sorts of stupid mm. questions of which oh, I'm getting frustrated because it's what the hell are you doing here, yeah. you know? So how was that process explained to you? Like, where was she from? Like, uh, who was she? Uh, she? She's a local woman, I think Hamilton, somewhere like that. But oh. she's got this thing set up on, um, what's the name of that street? Not Robinson, West Street. You know that place there, that health place on the okay. West? Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, so she's in there. She's in, well, not her, but her, the, her, keep, her people are there. Her image is there. Yeah. Oh, oh that's so, that's kind of the telehealth that they're, they're really trying to promote right now yeah. where they want, it, it's really good for Northern communities and that, but yeah. I, I don't know if it's going to be, it seems like a one-to-one uh, -one conversation with someone would have been much more valuable to you. Yes, it would. <laughs> Common sense would have helped. So um, at this time then, are you just voluntarily not driving? I'm not driving. I've got to get Anne working so used to, she can do it. I don't mind being sitting let her do it. You know, you're you're joining the groups of older men that have their wives drive them around. Yeah, chauffeur. <laughs> oh, for this, it, this is kind of a new phenomenon, though, really, yeah. because you know, men didn't live as long as they do today. Like no. men were gone, widows were, or women were widows for years and years and years. And it, it's fortunate. And yeah. now they've got their husbands with yeah. them still in tow. That's right. That's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. I, I must prefer to drive because yeah. I like driving, but. Yeah. If it says no, I'm, I'm going to stop now. But if it comes back and says, well, just go and do your testing, you know, you're 80, 80 or plus. Right. You do another test. Yeah. And I passed that last time, no trouble at all. Yeah. So so if, if you get a notice to go in and do that test again, you're going to go in and I'm do it. I'm going to do it. And, if and then if you pass, you're going to drive again. Yeah. Well, that sounds like you're putting, taking things into your own hands then. Yeah. Because at this point, it's uh, she's made a recommendation, but there's been no follow-through. She reckoned, the woman that did it said, well, you could go and do the test. It cost you about $600 or something in that range. Mm -hmm. And you can only do it twice. And you can only do it twice. And I thought, well, there's no bloody way I'm doing it once, let alone twice, you know. And, and what would the $600 be for? Well, the drivers, the people that take you, and apparently it's a special, it's a money-making, it is money-making thing. Yeah. That's all they're doing it for. Well, this is news to me, really, because oh. I like I am a newly minted senior. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't realize that because you see that in a lot of aspects in life yeah. that you know a lot of licensing and a lot of regulations, a lot of the fees yes, involved. I but I certainly didn't think they're going to still be hitting us when we're eighty years old and you know getting into our. I mid think at eighty they'll be putting a line on you. Yeah, get yourself a chauffeur. <laughs> By that time, electric cars will be. You just sit in them; they take you where you Tell want. Tell them to what go. to do. Yeah. Well, that will be a whole new world. 
<laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> so as I look at you, I, 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 I'm talking to a, a well-spoken man, well-dressed. You know, you're keeping good physical shape. Oh, you yes. know, uh, so I, I'm really sad that this happened to you. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> so, <laughs> but so, I'm not going to let it get me down. No, no, no. <laughs> well, you have Anne, which is wonderful. Yeah. Okay, to help you to get around, and oh, then yeah. uh, you and know, she's got the same sort of sense of humor too. Yeah, so uh, it works wonders. Yeah. As you could hear, it took us a while to get to the topic, but once we did, Vic got very animated and he was quite upset by the uh, entire discussion of how he lost his license. So I was quite upset after this and I started to investigate. It was not hard to find information. I went ahead then and I invited Anne to come into the studio because I wanted to see her perspective and listen to her. So I'm going to have Anne... Uh, start now and then I'm going to talk to you a little bit more at the end of Anne. This is only a few minutes. Thank you. So I've been continuing my investigation of drivable and the uh, memory tests that they are giving to seniors and I had Anne come back into the studio today because I wanted to ask a few more questions, uh, a kind of a follow-up on the interview that we had with Vic. So Anne, welcome to the studio. Thank you. So, Anne, uh, just, I, I would like to ask you just about how the whole conversation started at the doctor's office when you started talking about memory. From the nurse practitioner, um, he sent us to see somebody else. And um, they did the test two or three times. And then they nobody said why. They just said, well, we're going to um, get you an appointment to see this doctor Chang and it's going to be done by video at the West Street Clinic so I thought that it was going to be you know she was going to say something that could help him but it didn't work out like that at all okay. it was more like a hatchet job did the nurse practitioner explain to you at any time what could happen with this visit never the, they never told you that you that there's a possibility that Vic could lose his license nothing like or that. that he would have to take this drivable test no nope. in Branford no nope. none of that so there none was really that. no consent uh, he did he give you some type of a test in the office yes he did he like a cursory kind of gave, short test he gave uh, Vic quite a long test okay um, but he only gave me a, a short test and apparently I'm all right. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I was then. <laughs> so you passed his assessment, yeah. this nurse practitioner's assessment, but Vic didn't. Vic. So then Vic got sent to Dr. Chang and tell me about that experience with Dr. Chang on the video call. Dr. Chang was very how can I put it? unsympathetic. Um it was more like an inquisition. Okay the questions that they kept asking him and they asked him the same questions over again in different ways but it was still the same questions and then they finally said well um, now we're going to send you off for another um, test presumably like he'd done before because he'd done it three or four times and the doctor was going to talk to me did dr chang inform you at any time during that video call that that Vic could lose his license? No, or? No. no. Okay. It was never mentioned anywhere. Okay. So you're continuing on then, you do another test. Yeah. And then what does, what happens then? Well, Vic went to do the other test, uh, it, the same test, I'm assuming, and they talked to me and asked me how he was, and I said, and she said, how's his driving? And I said, it's fine, because I wouldn't 
drive with him if it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Well, they th- did I worry about he might get lost on his out on his own? And I said, well, he doesn't go out on his own really. We're usually together. And then the lady who gave Vic the test, she came back and presumably Dr. Chang had got the results. And then Dr. Chang says, well, um, I've looked at your test results and your cognitive skills are not up to it, so you're going to lose... I have to tell the Department of Transportation and uh, you'll lose your licence. And and Vic was absolutely gobsmacked, is the word. And then there was nothing else. It was just switched off, like... And then she was gone, and, she and, was gone. And, and then so you left the office really without any clear direction on driving or not driving, just her statement. Yeah, when she said that, we thought it means immediately. Okay. So Vic didn't drive, I did. And the lady who, um, who had given Vic the test, and she's very nice, I've nothing against her, um, she was a bit surprised, I think, or maybe she knew, I don't know, but she was very sort of uh, sympathetic to him and said, you know, it had happened to her father-in-law, I think, and and it just happened. And so she, she was sorry about it, but Vic was just really, yeah. he was so angry. He right. was so angry. So when, how long before you got some kind of official word from the Ministry of Transportation? Oh, I think it took about three weeks. So you're in this kind of unknown for three weeks. You chose not to drive because you made that decision, anything official. No. So three weeks later, you get an official letter. And what's in that letter? And it says um, that they've got this um, result from the doctor and um, you can take a test again but he has to do it by the 20th of January, and if, if it's not done by then, his license would be revoked. And this is the test where he had to go to the drivable program? Yes. And that test costs $650? It does. I also have found out since I spoke to Vic that only 15% of people pass that test. So uh, you, you chose, you and Vic chose not to take it. Well, I'll let him make the decision, but... Yeah. Uh, at first it was like I will take it then I won't but when we looked at what it consisted of like going to another town a medical examination apparently a mental uh, which would be the test again and then a driving test out on the road in a strange vehicle in a strange town he would be totally stressed out and he would be bound to fail bound to fail yeah and you were only given approximately four weeks to get this all done and have this officially sent back to the um, ministry? Was it? Well, 20th of January, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was probably between three and four three weeks. Three and four weeks, yeah. yeah. So they've put you on this very, very tight time frame, yep. one that's going to cost you money, yep. and there's a good chance you're going to fail. So, yeah, so th- this is why I've gotten so involved in this story. The, the human rights abuses, yeah. the elder care abuses, the senior abuses, it's just, it's just crazy. So uh, you might not even get into the yeah. closest town. You you could be going to Toronto or mm-hmm. Cambridge or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no. I looked through the list, uh, uh, the drivable, and I've been on the drivable website, and and, and uh, it's an amazingly difficult program. It, yeah. it, it's a test that is designed to fail. Yes, there's no question about it. Yeah. And this is, I think, the way the the government is is using this test to get people off the road. And here you are, you never had any problem with Vic's driving. No. You didn't have any complaints about it at all. And yet, by just mentioning memory at the doctor's office, now you're in this situation where he cannot drive any longer. Right. Do you feel like you have been victimized? Yeah, I do, really. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I certainly think that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and I, that's why I wanted you to come in. I really appreciate you coming in and talking to us because I, w I want people to hear this story. I want yeah. people to understand this. This has been going on since 2012. Is it really? Yes. So they have been abusing seniors and taking their license without really a good reason for a long time. And because seniors are, the baby boomers are just turning 75 right now. Yeah. So as they turn 78, 79, 80 over the next five years, there's just going to be more and more that are going to be targeted like this. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. so I think it's time we, we all realize what we were up against here. So I want to thank you for coming in. Oh, you're welcome. And I uh, really appreciate it. I'm going to put this uh, interview in together with the one we did of Vic, and, and we're going to try to get some people to understand that uh, this is not right no, and no. we should be doing something about it. Yeah. So, thanks again, Anne. Oh, you're welcome. I think that it really sums things up to uh, listen to Anne and to see how these two well-respected, healthy individuals with no problems driving whatsoever are now going to be forced to uh, go down to one driver and then Anne is going to face the same type of scrutiny herself. So this is a, uh, a situation that uh, it really has to change. I'm going to continue to follow it. I'll bring you updates. Thank you so much if you listen to the end. I really, really appreciate it. Hit subscribe. Uh, send me a, a note. Let me know that you're here. I really would appreciate that. On the last note, uh, Green Bay won last night. It's the last great, uh, great Lakes team in the uh, playoffs. So uh, the Green Bay is, Green Bay is going to be playing the San Francisco 49ers next week. Kansas City is going to play Tennessee. So uh, other than San Francisco, those are all pretty small markets. So uh, it's nice to see the small guy, and it's nice to see the Great Lakes team, uh, the Green Bay Packers, in the, uh, in the finals, the final four. Thank you so much for being part of this process, being part of the IC Old People podcast. Uh, we're going to have a music episode coming up soon. We've got some great uh, interviews coming up from our silent generation people, my memory project, as I like to call it. Uh, if you would like to submit a name to be part of the memory project, if you yourself would like to be part of the memory project and, and, and have an ability to be interviewed either here in the studio or me come to you or possibly do it over, uh, over the phone or over Skype, let me know. Uh, let me know a little brief history or a little brief story, and then I will get back to you, and I'll, we'll make you part of this project. Because there are so many wonderful stories that I want to keep, and I want to bring them to you each and every week. So thank you for listening. We're a little bit over time today. I try to keep the podcast to 30 minutes, but uh, here we are, just under 35. But it was such an important topic. I felt that it deserved a little bit more time. So we'll see you next week. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be getting ready for my surgery. I have surgery next Wednesdays, but I'll talk to you on Tuesday, and I'll let you know where we're at at this point. So thank you so much. This has been the IC Old People Podcast by Dr. Bruce Faltry. I am your host, and today is January 14th, 2020. Thanks for coming along.